We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. With the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. TJ. Oh! All right, welcome to another Buzz Beat, your Charlotte Hornets podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This is Richie, and on today's episode, I'll be joined by Brian and Spencer to discuss the Hornets' preseason games uh, against the Raptors and what trends we're seeing after these two games. Also, if you're interested, we'll include a full post-game interview with Coach James Borrego as he gives his response to questions about his team after Monday's loss. I again wanted to thank and give credit to Hornets for this clip, and you guys can view this in video form on Hornets.com. Spencer and Brian, hope you guys are doing well. You guys ready to talk some meaningful preseason basketball? Let's do it. I mean, it's basketball. It's the first time we've had it in however many months it's been. So preseason, not real season, regular season. It doesn't matter what season it is. Let's talk some hoops. Yeah, not only do we have basketball, it you know, who knows how long it will be here, right? We take, we should take all of it with the, with the grain of salt. So yes, if basketball is being played, it's the most important basketball in the world, even if it's a preseason game in front of literally no one in Charlotte. And, and the good news, uh, Spencer and I have found an alternative way to watch the Hornets this year. So if you guys are at home and you guys miss those first two games, we have been using AT&T TV now, I believe it's called. Uh, it's an $80 package, so it is a step up from uh, YouTube TV, but they do have Fox Sports Southeast. So for those of you listening to the podcast right now that are trying to find a way to watch the Hornets currently as we speak, it's not on YouTube TV. I know we had this conversation last podcast, but AT&T TV now is a streaming service, $80 per month, and it does include that channel. So again, worst comes to worst, you can kind of upgrade to that, I guess, if you want to call it an upgrade, but it, it does provide you with the Hornets game. So 
Yeah, still hoping that I don't have to lean on that uh, and pay AT and T eighty dollars a month. Yeah. Um, still hoping a, a deal gets struck between now and when my seven day free trial runs out. But <laughs> yeah, uh, with YouTube TV. But yeah, not not bullish on that. Um, yeah. So it's something. Whatever. Yeah, uh, we were discussing. We won't go down this whole the rabbit hole, but I imagine a few other people listening to this pod are frequent uh, surfers of the NBA.com stats page. It's an imperfect, but it's been a useful resource for a long time now. However, they've redesigned it in the offseason. And every change so far, I hate. So I know that's uh, it's really a dorky, maybe even old man thing to be ranting about. But yeah, I'm not stoked with how the challenges I'm having watching the Hornets play basketball and also like accessing their like online statistics and video content. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a free site. So obviously there, there's going to be some downsides to it, but you're right, Brian, in terms of the changes that they've made, they have not been for the better. Mm-mm. All right. So let's, again, we don't have a specific script in order of topics that we're going to talk about here. We're just going to talk about the Hornets after two games uh, against the Toronto slash Tampa Raptors. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll hit upon a couple of topics here. I think the most obvious observation that that I've made, and I'm sure most people have made after watching these Hornets play, has to be the pace of play that JB is trying to get this team to play at. You know, make or miss, they're getting that ball up the court. And, you know, obviously there's a couple of things that have to happen for this to be successful. You have to play under control. You have to have the right personnel to try this out. And I think the Hornets have done a good job of, of trusting the players and grabbing the ball and going. And unlike last year, they've, they've got to get stops as well. And I know they're pushing the pace after makes, but uh, it, it works so much better when you get a stop and push the pace as well. So JB is trusting PJ. He's trusting miles. He's trusting some of these wings to grab the ball and get up the court, you know, just putting it out there. But I, I know, again, we all talk about preseason games being a little bit meaningless in terms of, you know, what it means for the regular season. But through the first two games, the Hornets are tied for third in pace of play. And we know that the biggest advantage when it comes to pace of play, guys, is, you know, it catches the defense off guard. It it can create some mismatches. There are two plays that stick out in my mind from these first two games that show how effective, you know, this pace of play can be. There was a play on Saturday where Miles must have switched out to Van Fleet on defense uh, because it happened to be where Miles ran down the court and Van Fleet, who had just, I think, made a three, uh, was now guarding Miles in the post. And he received a pass from the backcourt, posting up Van Fleet. And then, you know, Caleb is, is, is cutting down the lane. Miles hits him. And then Caleb kicks it out to a Cody Martin corner three. And then on Monday, same thing. LaMelo pushes the, pushes the pace, hit a head pass to Biz from his own free throw line. And then you have three or four Raptors kind of turn their backs uh, on the trailers. And then Biz kicks it out to Miles and then kicks it out to Martin. So, yes, I, I think the pace of play to me has been the most obvious change, the most visible change with this team. Yeah, I just want to just chime in right on quickly on the back of what you just said, Richie, because that second play you mentioned is something that I had a, had a little quick back and forth with last night with a friend of the program and uh, one of the two-time guests on, on BuzzBeat. But uh, Div mentioned this. Those hit-ahead passes with, Lon, with LaMelo, even when they don't directly produce, it's not like A to B layup, A to B jump shot. It can be the second and third pass 
um, is really where you can get those some really juicy looks in transition. Because by the time Biz corralled the ball, he's basically under the hoop. Mm-hmm. But Miles fills to the corner, and he gets the kick out, and then you get an extra pass, and all of a sudden, um, now you've got uh, the defense flattened out, and they're in a bit of a scramble situation because everyone's trying to sprint back on on defense. So it's just another good way to, to generate uh, really nice looks off of LaMelo, just throwing the ball ahead of the defense with incredible pace and accuracy. Um, you can really see like, if we, if we do get eventually the best version of the LaMelo, just like the kind of influence his passing can have on the game. Yeah. You know, I don't want to tie. It's not the same. This is not a direct comparison, but at all, but I don't think it'll have the same impact because, you know, passing as valuable as it is, it's not as valuable as pull up three point shooting. But one of the things that made Steph Curry so great when he sort of turned the league around, I don't know, six, seven years ago and and really peaking into his MVP seasons was he could shoot the ball from further away faster than anyone with more accuracy in the history of basketball. Um, and that caused a complete paradigm shift. I mean, it made him an MVP candidate. It made the Warriors a juggernaut, a dynasty. And it changed the way that like every team <laughs> like creates basketball players and formulates teams now. Um, and look, so yeah, not not saying that LaMelo's, you know, hit ahead passing is going to have anywhere near that impact. But I don't know, the, the, the Curry thought was sort of like running through my mind. Just to, it'll be interesting. To, it will be interesting to see what time of lo- what type of like long term impact that Lamelo passing has? Um, he's already an elite passer. Yeah. Um, you know he's yeah, he can sure. manipulate he can manipulate defenses. He can throw every literally every pass. Uh, he's flawed in in some really serious ways right now. We can, we'll probably get into that more. But like, man, is his passing fun to watch and and sort of like infectious to see when he's on the court. His ability to throw live dribble passes with either hand. Um, the lobs that are perfectly well-timed and touched and just, you know, it, hitting miles uh, perfectly in the air to, to throw down a flush. Like you can see how he's going to partner pretty well with a couple of guys on this year's roster. And um, I don't know, last other thought I'll, I'll about LaMelo before I'll, I'll step out and let Spencer get his initial two cents in here, but uh, no playing time with Devonte Graham and through the first two games, which um is could mean it could absolutely mean nothing. Um, I I think it certainly speaks a little bit to the fact that like, you're going to see those guys at least initially staggered a fair amount, but like in the third preseason game, we could come out and see those guys play 20 minutes together. So I'm not going to jump to any, any conclusions here, but for the, for the notion of uh, when we were kicking around potential starting lineups, right. We went to a lot frequently. We went to LaMelo plus, plus DG, plus Hayward, PJ, and, and Zeller. And I feel like those three, four, five guys, like you can pen, like pencil those guys in as long as they're healthy. Um, and then just like, what of that backcourt triangle of Rozier, Lamelo, and Devante starts the season as the starters who closes games? Um, and how does, that, how does that collection morph over time? Um, it's great that Terry can shoot the basketball because his, his fit on this roster in a lot of ways is a little strange, but he's such a good catch and shoot player. Mm-hmm. I think that smooths over some of the, the rough exterior at times. Well, I mean, to the point about pace and LaMelo, um, you know, it's, it's pretty clear. Every team has a, a style, a scheme that they're going to stress the defense with. 
And it's pretty clear that Charlotte says we want to beat them with the ball to the opposite baseline as quickly as possible, flatten the defense, then play drive and kick from there. So we've got them in some kind of scramble mode. Um, to Brian's point about Steph Curry, that's like that example is the inverted way, right? Like you're trying to get the defense to sprint back to the baseline and then balloon out to the three-point line. Now you have all this space in the middle. So, but the Hornets want to, they want to throw it to the opposite baseline. They want to flatten the defense. And then they're not having to get into this, you know, set offense, need to reverse the basketball and deal with ball, you know, denial and all that stuff. Now they're just kicking and sharing and, and cutting and driving. So um, pretty obvious what they want to do. I think they've done it pretty successfully here through the first two games. I mean, they're turning the ball over uh, at a, a very alarming rate, but that that's to be expected. Um, they're also leading the league in assist percentage um, through the first few games. So like you're seeing, you're seeing some fruits here, but it, it's, it's going to take a while. Um, number one, because they're young and they're going to be handing over a lot of the range to the mellow ball, which I think is going to lead to a lot of turnovers, but it also, and we talked about this and you know, before the preseason mellow ball also gives you an identity. It gives you a system. And we've very clearly seen that uh, through the first two games, just all the rebounding wings Charlotte has too, mm-hmm. just allows biz and Cody and PJ Washington, whoever to sprint right up the middle of the floor towards the rim. Right. And in the past, certainly in the Steve Clifford era, <laughs> you know, it was five guys on the glass battling for rebounds. <laughs> we're going to pound it all the way to the half point, you know, <laughs> like we're, we're going to get into our offense. Like this is the total opposite of that. And it's really entertaining. It really is. I mean, mm-hmm. this Hornets product, I don't know how many wins it's going to translate to, but it, it is fun basketball to watch because the style just allows them to play free. So, mm-hmm. so it's fun to watch, obviously a lot to clean up, but uh, for them to look, and, and, and definitely the starters who outplayed Toronto starters last night, specifically for them to look this well connected and play uh, this kind of really just feel basketball through two preseason games after not really playing together at all, like a week of training camp and then mm-hmm. not playing at all since March. I think the Hornet, I mean, I think this is look, this is pretty encouraging in my opinion. Yeah. The, yeah. the style, the style, it, it definitely feels encouraging. Yeah, right, right. And, and, and to your point about rebounding, you know, this, this team can rebound from their wings and forwards. And like you mentioned, Cody or biz can, can get down the court. This team is actually grabbing defensive rebounds. Like that, that was an issue last season. They were like last or second to last in defensive rebounding. Yes. It's two games, but uh, it seems like everyone is anxious to get up on the boards. LaMelo, you know, miles and they can grab and they can go. And, and to, yeah. to Brian's point about LaMelo being such a factor for this team, he is also a great rebounder. He had like 10 rebounds the first game. I can't remember how many he had in, in the second game against Toronto, but still th- this guy is going to set the tone for this team. He's an exciting player to watch. And obviously he's uh, garnering more attention nationally for this team. I mean, people are just flocking to the Hornets because of him. And it, it, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, it's so, it's so, it's just a strange feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the, it is very it, weird. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago that you were like watching, you know, Kemba, Kemba run 70 pick and rolls a game with just like you and your 12 closest friends and just like, walking it up the floor. Yeah. yeah. And, and now it's like, oh, they got this one guy and, Man, he's flawed. Like he's got a ways to go. He's he's so underdeveloped physically right now. Even mm-hmm. I mean, good height, um, obviously, but like he's got to bulk up. He's got to get stronger. That will certainly help his finishing issues. At least um, driving to the hoop, the pull up shooting. You know that's going to take a lot of time too. That's probably going to be 
sort of a mess this year, but you know, I'm okay with, I'm okay with him just getting at least some reps and that stuff. But the stuff that is exciting is like, yeah, it's just objectively cool basketball to watch play. And because he is a popular name and a polarizing, you know, last name, um, at least in NBA circles. Yeah. It's just like, there's going to be a lot more eyeballs on this team than an 18 point, probably in the history of the franchise. It's just crazy. And I don't think people understand how hard it is to make those hit ahead passes. I mean, yeah. he, he makes it look so easy, but but there's a reason yeah. not many people make those passes because it is kind of a risky yeah. play to do, but he, he puts the perfect touch on yeah. it. Um, yeah. His shooting form is one of the issues that I have in addition to his body. Uh, still inconsistent, but as our guest Jacob Rude said about three or four weeks ago, you know, it's going to take some time, you know, in this shortened off season, it's going to be hard to fix that. I mean, cause there are times when he shoots and he flails his legs and there are times when he shoots and he feels more, you know, straight up and down and it looks more, you mm -hmm. know, sound, but right now his value is not about his shot. It's all about getting others involved. It's all about grabbing rebounds. It's all about pushing the pace. It's, yeah. it's about competing and, and not being a zero on defense, which I will say, I feel like he's competed on defense and he's yeah. tried. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Agreed. I agree. He's, yeah. He's, he's still going to be a bit of a mess, you know, off the ball and, and, and guarding and, you know, trying to get skinny and go over the top of ball screens on the basketball, but like effort's not going to be the thing you, you got to worry about. You know what I mean? Like he's just got to get yeah. more athletic <laughs> and, and, and more reps on playing, you know, being a on and off ball defender in the NBA. Yeah, just just through two preseason games, and, and I think playing through quite a bit of pick and roll defense. Mm -hmm. Actually, I mean, we've gotten we've gotten some good samples there. His footwork isn't good. I think we already knew that, and he's just a slight frame kid. I mean, he just he's got to put on weight. You know, he gets his footwork's not good, so he doesn't hit the screen the way he should, and then he gets knocked off his spot, and that's that goes to the offensive end too. I've seen that a few times. Gets knocked off his spot pretty easily, and and it's kind of an interesting dichotomy because. He will just go up and grab rebounds over 6'10, 6'11, 7 footers. Yeah. But then, you know, he, he gets at the same time when he's on the ground, not in the air, he gets easily bounced off his spot on both ends. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, with LaMelo, too, I, the other observation I've had of Gordon Hayward and him are going to play together a lot. And Brian, I think you made this point, you know, when the Gordon Hayward sign signing happened, but I think it was you. You were kind of like, I'm not so sure that, like, the Hornets didn't just spend $120 million just to help LaMelo ball yeah. Um, yeah. come along. And I think, I think it's, it, it was a great option. You know, it was a great thought at the time. And I, I just think that Gordon Hayward is number one, is going to take so much pressure off LaMelo ball with those lineups that do uh, include mostly starters. And number two, I think it's going to teach LaMelo ball how to play the game off the ball, which mm -hmm. was one of my biggest concerns with him. Um, and I've seen him made some base, base, try to make some baseline cuts in these first few games. I've been paying really close attention to him when he doesn't have the basketball, and I've been encouraged. We've seen yeah. him knock down two corner threes that were just catch and shoot. They were not off the dribble um, that came from him, you know, and one of them came off a relocation. Dribble penetration, he fades to the corner uh, as, you know, basketball 101, catches it, pump fake, one dribble to the left, yep. three. So, I mean, it's been pretty good, I think, um, but I'm really excited to see him and Gordon Hayward. Uh, that duo this year. Yeah. I'm interested to see how, what the efficiency on it is. Yeah. I, again, I thought, I thought there was a chance that a guy like Hayward, you know, you'd be, not be obviously it would be nice if he was just younger, more dur durable or whatever, but it just like, you know, I'm an, an almost ideal compliment to LaMelo um, both in terms of like what you're looking for on the court directly. And I think just long-term um, what, how he's going to help LaMelo sort of grow 
these first four years of his career, like those four years with Hayward, they're tied to LaMelo's first four years on his, on his rookie contract. Um, so those guys are going to be tethered together, um, you know, assuming good health uh, for a lot of basketball the next couple of years. A um, couple other things I want the, to mention about LaMelo. Um, I, don't, I don't know quite how many minutes he played with PJ, but um, some pretty cool moments during the second matchup uh, against Toronto with LaMelo and PJ on the court. And you can just see like uh, those two guys. I mean, LaMelo is obviously like a genius passer and PJ's pretty damn good um, for a front court player. And he can basically do everything as far as handoff stuff goes, um, you know, put it on the deck, throw guys open. Obviously last year we saw plenty of his short roll passing and his mm-hmm. post passing, but just the, the play that they did to get uh, Terry a three in the first half last night where, um, you know, it was like a, it was like a, a DHO exchange, then into a pick and pop LaMelo flipped it over to PJ, PJ pumped, he drove. And then like he dribbled left to right across the defense and the corner was wide open. He literally threw the ball to the corner just to be like, Terry, get your ass over there. Like if you, if you move to like your, a quarterback, yeah, yeah, totally. It's yeah. like, if you do it, if you move to your right, I'm going to get you the best shot on the court here, basically. Um, yep. and, it, and it worked and you're just like, man, PJ is. Uh, he's a, he is a fucking skilled and, and smart player. And, um, I also think too, that, you know, we're certainly going to see plenty of pick and roll this season, but I think Charlotte's like off ball motion stuff mm-hmm. in the half court has been pretty good. Um, and I think that's, that plays a role in some of the sort of like inflated assist rate numbers where they've assisted on like, you know, 82, 83% of their makes so far this year. But, um, Devonte Graham, just two games, but five or six shooting on twos. Um, I think three or four at the rim and even had a nice little cut layup off of Cody Zeller post up mm-hmm. real early in the game um, in game two against uh, Toronto. That was that split action, right? Yeah. 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 With, with T and Terry. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, it was a beautiful finish too. like caught, like expl- like as explosive as you'll see Devonte yeah. look, I feel like, you know, cutting yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. And then like the, the two sort of like the very, like almost one fluid motion, but like two foot stop right up, like off the catch and then right powered up for the, uh, the finish, not a lot of resistance at the rim, but um, given how much he struggled on those shots last year, you know, obviously just a lot of that just being, you know, him having to play pick and roll and have defenses load up against him. Like the, the deck was stacked against him for sure. But um, yeah. So anyways, getting him some of that more off ball motion, um, that's probably better for, again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. That probably stabilizes things for Devante a little bit in the half court. That, yeah, that's what I was interested about with Devante. And in terms, well, first off, he's probably gaining confidence, you know, making those floaters, making those shots at the rim. Every time he sees that ball go through the hoop, it, it's only going to be, you know, more of a confidence builder for him. But I was, I was interested to see how the offense would change and shift with bringing in LaMelo Ball, bringing in Gordon Hayward, and now you have Devontae Graham, who we saw run a ton of pick and roll last season. Now, with him not having to handle the ball primarily, he can now play off ball, which he was great last season off the ball. And, and like Brian said, the split action is taking place. And just to put it in simplest terms, like a split action would be like when Cody Zeller, for example, would come up to like the high post or mid post and Devonte would give him an entry pass and then Devonte would go set a screen for, let's just say Rozier in that situation. And they would just cut to the basket. And, and so I think the, yeah, advanced- it's like a sli- yeah, it's like a slip screen. Almost. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. guard to guard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, 
It's like an it's old school basketball, but I feel yeah, like yeah. the Warriors with Steph and Clay yeah, that's, that's you think and of. Draymond really like reinvent the service. Yeah, yeah, because like it was I mean it was perfect action for those guys. Like you can throw it like you can throw it to Dre in the post and have him split the post with uh, with Clay and Steph. But you don't like it. A lot of teams obviously run that action after throwing the ball into the post, but you, it can be the ball can be above the break too. You know, you can place it anywhere, but it's just having those two guys sort of run together yeah. and then split off in different directions out of that. And it's, um, I mean, it's really hard to guard if you've got some, you know, it's, some gravity yeah. shooters, you know, like Terry and Devontae. And a good passing big as well. Yes. The same concept. I mean, not exactly split action, but the same concept led to the highlight of the night last night, LaMelo and Miles. I mean, Miles just kind of runs mm. like he's going to set a ball screen. He never does. I mean, he called it ghost screens, called all kinds of things, but uh, and then he just runs to the rim. And what it does is if the defense doesn't switch it immediately, mm-hmm. third defender has to come over. And if that third defender doesn't come over, rim's wide open, which is what you saw for Miles last night with that dunk. So Hornets are going to do a lot of that this year, uh, a lot of it at the end of the shot clock, which we saw them do last year with Rozier and, and Vante. So it's it's fun action, and they're making it look pretty easy right now. It forces the defense to communicate. And if there's some kind of breakdown, obviously there's going to be someone open cutting towards the rim. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st, which is approaching soon. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I do want to talk about P.J. Washington, uh, the new look P.J. Washington not even just the physical looks. I mean, obviously he's got a new hairdo. He, he looks more <laughs> physically built, but in terms of his role, it just looks completely different. Not completely, but there are some things about his game that just you didn't see last year. I think if you look at some of the numbers through the first two games with PJ, they don't look great, 
but he's also adjusting, like I said, to this new role, and he's being asked to do a little bit more. Um, he's involved more in screen setting. He's involved more in grab and go. We, we saw that, although he really hasn't finished too well and transitioned off the bounce. But he just, he just looks more comfortable on the ball, and he's not shy about pulling up for three either. I think his role this season will only put more pressure on, on opponents and open things up for his teammate. If, if he can actually play under control and not turn the ball over and not have these erratic finishes at the rim, uh, and if that does happen, obviously you, you want to scale that back, but that's not the impression that I'm getting so far. I, I think he can do it. I think he just needs more touches and more situations that put him on the ball, and he will eventually be able to play through these mistakes and, and kind of clean things up. But thoughts on P.J. Washington so far and just the way that he's been used uh, in JB's system? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's definitely playing at a quicker pace, um, which is just a byproduct of what the Hornets are doing. Uh, you mentioned the grab-and-go, Richie. Um, you know, I think he's, he's shown more potential in beating a closeout and mm-hmm. making – pass the opposite corner, right. Or, or dumping it off to the dunker spot. Um, so, you know, you can see signs of, you know, he's got some vision. I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. I, I don't know that PJ Washington uh, is built to play an up tempo style. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm happy to be wrong about that, but I, I think that there's going to be some, there are going to be some growing pains for, for PJ this year. I think that he's playing this up tempo style. I think he's going to turn it over a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder if a lot of the shooting success last year was him kind of parked in the corner, just a little pick and pop, you know, he's stationary. He's allowed to get his feet set. Defense isn't freaked out about him. He can load it up and then let it fly. It's not gonna be the case this year. You know, the, the game's going to be quicker. He's going to have to get into his action quicker, get into his shot quicker. So I don't know. I, it's something I'm monitoring, but look, I mean, he's just out. I, I think something like nine, 10 assists through two games. And mm-hmm. uh, you can tell he's got a good feel for the game. I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if he's the kind of athlete to do what I think the Hornets are hoping, wishing that they can kind of unlock in him, which is like, here's a guy that is skilled enough that, you know, he can basically be one of our wings in certain lineups and he can create offense for us and run a pick and roll every blue moon and he can grab and get us into our offense. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think we've, we've seen how the game's speeding up. Um, although he does look pretty comfortable, Richie, how it, how has affected his efficiency early on? Yeah. I mean, it, the, the, those are great points. You're, you're taking it again. They're asking him to do a lot and even just sort of positionally because they've, they've, as they predicted, they've used him as a small ball center. So we know we're going to see that this year and they've, they've gone to that in both games. I thought the, um, I thought the Jaden McDaniel, I thought the McDaniels, PJ, Miles Bridges front court was interesting and something I'd like to see um, even more of this season. But yeah, like as far as PJ goes, you're taking, you're taking lower, you're, you're giving him usage and more, more usage and more playmaking duties and more possessions, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's almost certainly going to result in you know, turnovers or less efficient shots or whatever. But if, if you can sort of, I guess, tap into a different part of his development because of that, or, or sort of um, help harness or improve some of these abilities, then you can, you have a really, you already have a good player, a good young player. And this guy is a a spot up threat, a pick and pop threat, uh, a second side offensive player, but you know, is he a guy that you can really run offense through? And that will be, it seems like that's maybe something that they're going to, to try to look at. 
it's certainly interesting because if you play PJ at center, you can, you're easily going to get into the five out type of offense because of his ability to shoot. But all of a sudden, if, if all five of those guys can also put it on the deck and create and run pick and roll or run both sides of pick and roll, because they do occasionally dabble with those little like inverted, you know, five, one, four, one pick and roll ghost screens. So it's, uh, I'm, it's cool for them to try it, but it does seem like it's going to produce some possessions where, yeah, like he's going to get stripped, taking the ball to the hoop, you know, like that's, this is going to happen. That happens to a lot of young big guys when they're driving and we'll just have to see how this experiment goes a little bit with PJ getting more, um, on ball responsibilities. It could be one of those things where him in this new role is better for the team but for maybe for this season or at least early on, it could affect his efficiency numbers because he's still becoming accustomed to how he should play and not being so erratic when it comes to handling the ball. But I don't, yeah. th- I don't think it's out of the question that he has the, the guard skills and stuff like that to play on the ball a little bit more. And by the way, um, the Hornets are playing against the, t- the number one team in the NBA when I would, and I would consider like, elite wing defenders. I'm, I'm probably leaving somebody yeah. out here. I mean, you know, the Clippers obviously, but like yeah, a lot of live ball turnovers in those two preseason games against Toronto, yeah. but PJ Washington and Jalen McDaniel, these, these bigger players who are now being asked to put the ball on the floor and keep the offense flowing. Like they're going to get ripped by Ananobi and Siakam yeah. and guys like this. So yeah. this has been a really good dress rehearsal. I think, I mean, like the Hornets couldn't have asked for a better opponent for the style that they want to play to figure out where they are in terms of their skill sets right now. That's a good point. Cause that's, that's what made some of the flashes from these first two nights pop a little bit more. Cause you're seeing it done against Ananobi and, and Siakam and these just long armed monsters, Boucher that the Raptors right, have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and how much havoc those guys can, can certainly cause. Yeah. Not all teams are created equal at the, the three and four and the two, that's for sure. What JB, it's funny, JB actually mentioned that, Spencer. He said that this was a good tune-up for them. You know, Toronto is, is, a, yeah. is a team that forces you to scramble and forces you to play with the pass, and the Hornets did that. They, dri- they did a lot of drive and kick, and, you know, you couldn't ask for a better team to kind of prepare this team for the regular season. And I know we mentioned Gordon Hayward a little bit earlier, but I want to get more into him. I, I'm really loving, I mean, I, I knew this was part of his game, but I'm just really loving him as a playmaker, you know, him handling the ball, um, even with other ball handlers out on the court, I'm actually probably more comfortable with him handling the ball than not comfortable, but just, I like what he can bring when he handles the ball versus maybe Devonte Graham. He has the threat of the pull up mid range. If, if teams mm-hmm. start to sag, he's got the ability to drive and kick. So he's got a little bit more in his arsenal and uh, teams have to respect, you know, the different sides to his game when he has the ball in his hand. And we also saw a couple of uh, catch-and-shoot three-pointers, which I'm sure JB is loving out of him. And he'll probably see plenty of opportunities uh, in this offense to kind of up his volume from three. And Terry Rozier and a couple other teammates talking about the fact that Hayward has this calming presence when he's out on the court, which, you know, obviously when the team is is trying to speed up their pace of play, it's nice to have someone out there to kind of, quote-unquote, slow down and, and keep things under control and, I do think he has mm-hmm. that. One thing that I have noticed, and, and maybe my eyes are deceiving me, but I don't feel like he's truly inserted himself or been more aggressive in these first two games. And maybe that's just due to him becoming more familiar with his teammates, or really maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, maybe JB just wants him to take more of a backseat and, and not be too big of a focal point. I don't, I don't know if you guys have noticed that at all. Just He didn't feel 
too aggressive and into the actual game so far. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a that's a, an interesting observation. I, I think that in a system like Charlotte wants to run and the pace they want to play, you know, he, he is a unique fit, right? Because that's not Gordon Hayward's game to, to go up and down, I wouldn't say. Uh, he certainly is a calming presence. I guess what I would say to that, Richie, is he's he is trying to feel out this system and these new players. Um, what I'm most excited about with Hayward is when it gets really chaotic and the Hornets turn it over three or four or five times in a row, which is going to happen so much this year. <laughs> he, he's the one guy that can that can come get the ball at the nail, you know, and mm-hmm. say, "Let's slow the f down here, okay? Let's mm-hmm. let's get into something." And that's really, I also think that's the greatest value he serves to this team is just slowing it down. Everybody take a deep breath. Let's get this thing back under control. Uh, and that's all these young guys for the Hornets and as fast as they want to play. And this is a, probably a learning, learning curve for James Brago too. Like the, there's always a threshold to that stuff in the greatest league in the world, right? <laughs> like Toronto has taught us that. I mean, the Hornets turned it over 47 times in, in these first two games. Okay. So like there's, there's always going to be a threshold to it. And the one guy that can get the Hornets calmed down slow down into their stuff when they need to get into their stuff is Gordon Hayward. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what I think is greatest value is to this roster. He, he really is like a complete offensive player. Like he's not, obviously he's not the athlete he was pre-injury when he was in Utah, when, when I thought he was pretty athletic, a guy that could play on the basketball and on the wing and the jazz ran plays to get him, you know, backdoor lobs. That was like a part of Quinn Snyder's playbook. Like, you know, that, that part of his game is probably done with, but he's still, he's still six, eight. He's still pretty athletic and he's a good passer. It's just like, if you are his size with his handle and you can score from every level, plus you have a, a some passing craft, like you can just copy and paste that dude into any roster, you know, and like, he can just help an offense out and depending on situation and personnel, like you can just move him around in a couple of different positions. So, yeah, I mean like the, that's why like, you know, the, the mid range shooting is, is kind of a nice thing to have on the roster this year because a, it's something they were completely devoid of last season, but it's also like, you know, Gordon Hayward mid range shots that are from the mid range. Those are coming off the dribble, you know, like those are the, it's yeah, not right. like you're, you're going to design, you know, offense to get Gordon Hayward to like curl, you know, curl from like 16 <laughs> feet like, like like it's like 2002 or whatever you there know? are some coaches in the left in the league that would love to do that i'm, I'm sure but yeah i'm sure it's not one of them <laughs> yeah i'm sure tom thibodeau you know would just love <laughs> would just love to just like yeah we're gonna get him a little curl 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 him down in that little 17 foot area um <laughs> but yeah no i mean i think i think ultimately that's going to be a, a, a big help for the hornets and especially on depending on game situation and stuff that could, that could be something that really helps them. Just a general scouting note real quick on Hayward. Sorry. I think physically and athletically, he looks, he looks better than I thought than I expected. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that in there. I have been actually pretty surprised how good he's looked. Yeah, I, I because agree. There was just so much unknown coming out of the mm-hmm. bubble. And I know it was an ankle injury, but like just everything that came in Boston, you're just like, God, we did, we just going to preseason game number three, Gordon Hayward's out. You got to, you know, <laughs> I think yeah. he's looked fine. I think he's looked good, actually. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. Again, not maybe not quite as much like vertical pop as four years ago, but um, still pretty fluid athlete that can handle and and like, you know, can do that thing where he can get to the rim and get to the rim and slash and kick and throw passes to the weak side. You know, like he he can do that. And then again, that just if that doesn't directly reduce, re, you know, turn into catch and shoot threes, you swing it around two or three more passes and 
get a relocation and somewhere in there you can, you can wind up with another, um, you know, another catch and shoot shot, uh, looking at, um, don't want to put too much weight on these things, but looking at synergy numbers for the first two preseason games, the Hornets scoring uh, 1.21 points per possession on spot ups, Charlotte shooting 62% at the rim and the half court. That's a healthy number and 62% effective shooting on half court uh, catch and shoots. So um, to your, to the point of us, sort of what we were saying earlier, it's a little less pick and roll volume in terms of pull-up shooting just early on. It's been, you know, 96 minutes of basketball, but I would, I would guess numbers like catch and shoot threes efficiency at the rim. I mean, every team in the world track is tracking these things, but I, I would say there's some, those are some, if you're looking for early indicators for something that's positive, um, you know, those are a couple, couple numbers with the, you know, again, comes with the obvious caveat, but a couple of numbers that I think are sort of like worth uh, keeping up with this year. Yeah, there, there are certain things that won't translate immediately over to the regular season. But I think what you are seeing is that this team is getting to the rim, shooting from behind the arc, getting to the free throw line. Although Toronto was a little bit aggressive in these first two games, I mean, a lot of fouling. I think for what JB is trying to do in terms of the locations on the court, the Hornets are definitely doing that and attacking the spots that they want to. Mm-hmm. I know we mentioned Miles Bridges briefly, but I want to go back to him. He actually, if you look at the stats, if you were to look at the stats through two games, he probably could be argued as the best player through two games. You know, I kind of want to give my eye test version of Miles Bridges. He's to me, he is much more comfortable in the half court making plays. He even had a pick and roll play with Biz in game one where he had like a nice little pocket pass where Biz went up for a dunk. He also had a very good pass, a live dribble pass in game two that led to an up and under by by LaMelo. One thing I still do worry about a little bit with Bridges, while he is a good defensive rebounder, something about him taking that ball and pushing it up the court I get a little bit weary of. It's weird because I feel like he's he's made some strides in the half court with the ball in his hands, but just pushing the ball off of a rebound, I, I still feel like it's uncomfortable. Agree. Well, I think, Richie, <clears throat> with this pace where Miles can really, really uh, benefit, and we haven't seen it in this exact form of a highlight yet, but I agree with you. He like If he grabs it, he gets two or three dribbles. That ball needs to be out before he gets to half court <laughs> right, right. because where his value is much, no, but, but seriously, like just like a really good athletic rebounding five who can trail a play and knock down a three with the pace that the horns want to play it and get the ball to the opposite baseline quicker. He's a rim trailer, right? Like if he yeah. gets it out of his hands and he's on the full sprint, like good luck, man. If, if he beats you to the rim, somebody's throwing it to him, especially if it's mellow, he's going to toss it down. So I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm sure that he's being coached up on that because he is a good rebounder, uh, mm. but get it out, hit up, hit up. And then yeah. you can use your athleticism to wreak havoc. But I think he's a good, I, I agree with you. The pocket pass to Biz <laughs> had to rewind the play. I was like, was that miles? I, 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 <laughs> that was a really nice pass. It couldn't have been miles. Um, yeah. So I, I think he's looked nice, you know, defensively, his effort level seems pretty good to me. Uh, I've tried to watch him as closely as possible. He still has his lapses. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you have your concerns with Miles, as we've talked about in the past, but through two preseason games, this looks like a guy who's pretty locked in right now. Yeah, again, still impossible to ignore the the occasional lapse just in terms of uh, defensive rotations here and there. But, and I agree, I share some of the same like sort of anxieties when Miles dribbles more than 
two or three times, you know, in a transition possession or half court possession. And this can even tie back into what we were talking about at the start of the pod. Like you, you get those corner fills and transition with your shooters, you know, your Rosiers, your Gordon Haywards, and then that flattens everything out. And then miles coming in as the, the trail hammer. Um, that's where you can really get to those gaps. And uh, yeah, like he's going to move. He just, he'll always be able to get to the rim faster without the basketball, right? Like you give it up. You're not, you know, you don't have to be 80, 1984 Barkley here. Just give it up and, and sprint to the rim. Um, and you've got a lot of passers on this roster um, that are all capable of, of setting you up for a, for a spike, uh, especially LaMelo. And this is another point too. I sort of was had this thought as well, and I, I thought Div did a good job also pointing this out on Twitter last night, but just Miles, as he is a, he is a nuclear athlete, which Spencer, you've said for, for years now, but it does take a little bit of time to sort of like gather steam, right? And then really, that's when he can really, you know, give him a step or two, and all of a sudden he's shot, you know, it's like he's, uh, you know, he's, he just needs a little bit of time to sort of like ramp up. And like a two, yeah, it's a two foot jumper. Yeah. And so that's where those transition possessions are great. Cause he can just like, right. he can max out on, on turbo essentially. And then, you know, really get into his uh, above the rim um, power game uh, based off of that. So uh, certainly like we mentioned Monk as like an important part around LaMelo and there's probably some defensive aspects to that connection as well. But Miles can do some of the sort of the same things, just like another gunner in transition and in a, a dangerous lob threat at that. I'm trying to think of other things that I've noticed or gathered from these first two preseason games. I feel like we've hit on a lot of different stuff. I'm I've sure. got, I've got uh, just a few defensive things, uh, two players specifically, Devonte Graham, total traffic. Code. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> awful. Yeah. Seriously, terrible through two games. Yeah. I mean, and he wasn't a good defender anyways, but I, 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 I saw that guy like, play hard trying to stay in front and and, and garden with his chest last year. Didn't see that once in the first two games, very disappointed in that effort, um, which it's also surprising. It's like um, there's some competition here for, you know, if, if you yeah. didn't, if you didn't know that. So yeah. I might want to try to, you know, give some effort defensively. And, in Washington too, yeah. I think uh, pretty disappointed. It's one of those things that can fly under the radar. Uh, his closeout footwork, uh, not being in a stance, kind of watching some just kind of standing there almost like miles esque watching somebody go by him. Uh, I'd just been a little interested and surprised by that effort that could totally, you could write that off to just say, look, it's preseason. These guys have been together for two weeks. Like, what do you expect? And that's fine. But I, I, it's just something I took note of. Yeah. The, um, and I would also say too, to the circling back to Devante, he's also not going to be asked to run a million pick and rolls. It's like you, 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 you have the theory, energy. Yeah. You should have more to, 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 to use on this side of the court in terms of energy and effort this season. Uh, agree about PJ. He's had some moments. I thought he had a nice little post uh, poke, uh, poke away from one of the Raptors centers last night, but agree. Like, I think overall, some of the team sort of like rotations and closeouts have actually like even Monk, who's usually pretty good at that. You know, he wasn't great um, during the second game. I think the team defense overall, the rotations hitting spots with mm-hmm. certain groups, with certain rotations, I should yeah. probably say, has been pretty damn good, actually. But yeah. it's just been some of the individual efforts that I've kind of been just been a little surprised by. But overall, team scheme wise, I, I, I've been, especially when Hayward's on the floor, has been pretty good. But, yeah. What are, what do you guys have any thoughts on um, Jalen McDaniels? 
so far, what you've seen? It's one of those things where, like, did he just catch fire? Like, you know what I mean? Like, in game two, yeah. where, did he just catch yeah, fire? Yeah, well, even if you take away, I mean, like, the stroke looks good. I mean, obviously, he's, you know, he's not going <laughs> to, five or six threes, it means, you know, nothing. I mean, it's it's nice, but it doesn't really mean much. Defensively, he's one of those guys where I think he's, you know, I don't think his sort of, like, rotations have been spot on and perfect, but I think they've been pretty good. And, yeah, you can just see the makings of, if he does get all the way there, and it's still going to take yeah. a lot of work, but just the makings of a pretty interesting forward prospect that they got late in the second round in 2019. I mean, the 2019 draft is going to end up being like a pretty significant moment in franchise history with PJ and Cody and who knows with, um, with Jalen McDaniels, but just like a, a help side event creator on the defensive end that can guard a couple positions, give you some activity in the dunker spot and is also willing to just be a low usage spot up guy. And if you can just, just float into that, you know, that, that upper thirties, mid thirties round off the catch, then you may actually have something, especially if he sort of tightens up and and gets a little stronger um, defensively. But I even thought he had a nice play uh, during the game last night where PJ and Rose, Terry Rozier switched a, a ball screen. So PJ was on the guard a uh, big guy rolled to the rim for Toronto. And instead of having Terry Rozier switch on to the big guy with PJ on, on Van Vliet or Malachi Flynn, whichever one of those two, it was uh, McDaniels from behind the play. He, in, in Terry, he was, it's hard to tell like who called it out first. It seemed like they both were sort of on top of it, which is good to see. But like Terry called out a switch behind the play as did Jalen McDaniels. And so McDaniels took the big guy in the paint, a little scram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He contest. I think it was Len. He contested the shot um, with his offhand. He grabbed the rebound, pushed it up, and then the Hornets got got a a bucket in transition off of it. And I actually thought yeah. that was like one of the more impressive defensive plays individually um, from Charlotte last night. I, I mean, you know, I, I think for him, if he shoots the ball pretty consistently, like if he can, if he could get to the point where he was a forty percent outside shooter, at like a at an average volume for his minutes, then Mm -hmm. like he, he's going to be a great development story in my opinion, because he's a great backline wing defender. Brian's the point that Brian just made. He can come in and just like keep your head above water against a bruiser big. And he's locked in to your point. Um, So I wish he was a little bit better of a rebounder and what, what concerns me a little, not a lot is I know he put on this weight in the off season, which I was really excited to see it, but he, I, I, I just see him getting pushed around just as much. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just learning the game some more too, but I think that it makes a lot of sense to me for McDaniels to get minutes over Caleb Martin, like every mm-hmm. single day. Yeah. Um, and I think that's eventually where we'll land, like where he'll mm-hmm. land in the rotation. He's just, he doesn't give you as much juice off the bounce, right? Like he gives you almost nothing playmaking wise but he's more malleable overall because of what he brings to your defense. Um, and if he can just do nothing else on offense other than just like keep it alive on the glass every now and then and knock down the corner three, I think that's just still more valuable than any, anything Caleb Martin's going to give you uh, that you're going to lose yeah. on the other end. Yeah. Caleb's not a playmaker either, right? I mean, he, he's just an off the ball catch and shoot type of guy as well. So yeah, I mean, he has yeah. like that prototypical build 
talking about Jalen, that is. And like, but, he'll, he just, but Caleb will put it. I mean, yeah, he's, he doesn't have a lot of chops off the ball, but, or with the ball, but he will put it on the floor and attack the rim. Both yeah, those Martin right. as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I, I'm, it, I think McDaniels has a chance. I really do. I think the, he has a chance to crack this rotation for good. There, there are minutes available for him because, like, the backup four spot. I mean, again, you know, Miles is playing that right now, but Miles is going to, is right now playing a lot of roles. And so is PJ. So just like stuff's, Chairs are going to get moved around, and I mean, it may not be an every night thing where you can just pencil in for Jalen McDaniels for you know eighteen to twenty minutes a night or whatever. But on certain nights, certain games, yeah, you should be able to see him. I think in that capacity this year, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes offensively. Except like willing to just sort of spot up, occasionally crash the glass, and for a team that's not going to be great, doesn't have a lot of rim protection in general you know, not like McDaniels is, is, you know, it's not like he's Robert Covington or, and I'm not trying to like make, <laughs> make that comparison, but just any little bit he can give you on the margins is a little helpful. And there's definitely going to be some mixing and matching with, with miles and, and McDaniels and, and just the different backup combinations that you can get. I guess the only other kind of highlight that I want to point out, I, I was thinking about this uh, last night, Cody Zeller. Uh, it seems like, and again, this is again, two <laughs> games into it. It seems like he is more aggressive in kind of attacking the paint with purpose. And it probably is due largely to the way that the offense is set up this year, where he's not having to go, go set screens every so often uh, for Devante. It's more spread out, right? And, and he's, he's handling the ball at the top of the key. And also Baines, by the way, like he was like almost over aggressive on him and, and Cody was able to kind of get by him. And it seems like not that he was looking to score, but at least he had his eyes on the basket where it had the threat of him trying to score and him with the drive and kick game. It feels like that's going to be something that is going to be beneficial for this team. So I could, my eyes could be deceiving me. I even asked this question to Borrego about him being more aggressive and I felt like he has, it feels like he's been going more north south than he has east west yeah i i think so i mean it's gonna be a fun year to watch cody like one one of my charlotte hornets like white whales is the 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 idea of cody zeller playing from the high post and like running you know you know cuts and screen you know screens off ball screens off of him and him being like a playmaker you know like a yeah of course not like a Jokic, but you know you pick your Nurkic or you know you watch these 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 big bruising center seven footers that just conduct from yeah. that part of the floor. Right. And like, that's the one thing I've always wanted to see from Cody yeah. he shows flashes, but he's going to get a lot more opportunities this year, Richie. Like you said, he's not going to go set, you know, 1 trillion ball screens, <laughs> um, you know, and dive to the rim. So it'll, it'll be interesting to watch. And I think it'll also have a lot to do with how much playing time he gets and how much PJ at five we see, because yeah. if he doesn't do it efficiently, which he might not, we haven't really ever seen Cody have to take on this kind of, volume playmaking from that spot of the floor, then that's going to switch things up. But, and then also top of the key, uh, three pointer, we've already seen him take it, take a few knock one down and, and show a lot of enthusiasm after he knocked it down. So <laughs> I mean, look, I'm pumped to watch Zeller with this team. I really am. Yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy that he's like still here, you know, it's I like, know, it's, God, it the is, entire roster is like, he's the last one, like the one survivor. But yeah. is gone. Yeah. I mean, like it's crazy because like, Zeller was here before some of those guys, you know, like they, they drafted Cody Zeller the same summer. They signed Al Jefferson. They drafted 
They drafted Cody Zeller two years before they 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 got they traded for Nick Batum. You know, it's like he, this guy. About is how many moons still, ago that was? It's, it's just know, this franchise's history. It's crazy. Oh my god! I mean, I'd like. <laughs> I mean, I'd like just gotten out of college <laughs> when they drafted uh, Cody Zeller. So yeah, it's been a while. Um, unfortunately, but I agree. Like I, for years have had the hope of him being, um, a guy that you could throw the ball to, especially like once Brago got to town and it was like, okay, like, yeah, maybe this new guy, new system, a little more motion. Um, it's not going to be Cody just trying to set 12 screen assists per game for Kemba. And yeah, it does see, you know, the, the main thing with him is obviously staying healthy. It still feels like with Cody, you'll, you still gotta mention that. Um, cause for so many years that was like it. That's the other thing that's crazy too, is it's like if Cody Zeller just stays healthy during the 16, 17 season, like they probably make, they maybe they make the playoffs, you know? And like, just like the entire, just like it alters the course of the, the, the franchise, you know, it's just, yeah. it's crazy. But um, Zeller in uh this is maybe my favorite aspect of the Hornets preseasons, weird stats so far, but uh, through two games, Cody Zeller has taken five shots from the field and he has 17 points. Um, that's because he's 10 free of throw. 10 from yeah. the free throw line and hit a three too. So um, Cody, Cody's been, been efficient scoring the ball. He's just like, he's just a weirdly good player. Um, and has been for, for quite some time now, even if he's not quite the defender that he once was, because he used to be, he used to be able to guard pick and roll so many different ways with him too, you know? And, um, and he never, I think for a period of time, we were all pretty hopeful that he could really like pick out a three point shot and be a guy that could take, you know, one and a half for two a game and, you know, hit him at a low to mid thirties clip. And that didn't happen, but, um, yeah, it does. It just like it. I'll be curious to see now if Cody finishes the season out with Charlotte because, you know, they need, they don't have many centers. Like they, you know, they, they kind of need him. But is, you know, is he a potential trade chip? Is he, is he a guy that teams would be interested in at the buyout market? You know, could Charlotte avoid that and get something for him? You know, it's like the, right before you're about to trade in this car you've had for a long time and you end up getting more on the, not to compare Zeller to a car. That's not very, it's not really fair to the, the person, but just like you get, a little bit back more on the trade-in than you think you're going to get? Like, is does that exist with uh, Cody Zeller? We'll see. But for now, in the meantime, he's a good fit with with a lot of the pieces on this roster. And he's still here and he's still still a good player. It's it's uh, it's crazy. It's nuts they drafted him before Steve Clifford ever coached a game with the Hornets. Will the Hornets have two more games against uh, Dwayne Bacon and the Orlando Magic to end the preseason? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Reunion with MCW, Dwayne Bacon. And Cliff. And, uh, and, and Coach Clifford and, and, and that, that entire, like all of his assistants. I mean, not Steven Silas anymore, but Delaney and some of those other guys are old, old Hornets assistants too. We will end this yeah. episode with a 10-minute media interview with Coach Borrego, so stay tuned for that. If you like to listen to it, uh, he touches upon many topics that we talked about on this episode. If not, we will see you guys next week, and have a good one. I thought we executed a lot of what we wanted to do tonight and uh, look forward to watching the film. So go ahead and fire away. Thank you. Go ahead, Rick. JB, um no, I'm not just asking because Jalen played well tonight, but in general, what kind of potential do you have to have legitimate depth this season in contrast to what last season was like? It's a good problem for a coach. You know, these guys have all worked on their game. 
Um, we've added depth to our lineup. It's going to be very competitive. You got to earn minutes out there. So uh, it puts me in a position to, to, um, you know, it complicates it for me, but that's a good problem to have as a coach. I, I like Jalen putting pressure on me to play him and a number of other guys. So, but Jalen's a great example of hard work and his commitment to development, love his size, his versatility. Thought he had an excellent game tonight. And that's not just tonight. He's had an ex- a, a very, very good camp, you know, defensively shooting the ball, making plays off the bounce, rebounding. He's a versatile wing four for us as well. You know, he can play both forward positions. So um, I hope he continues to put pressure on me to play him. Miles has said that what he aspires to be this season is a person that is known for his energy and becomes an exceptional defender. When you have that kind of frenetic energy person coming off the bench, of what benefit is that? He's been special. He's been special. Uh, I'm really proud of his approach um, to this season. He's locked in defensively. He's making plays for others. Uh, he's making, you know, quick decisions. He's getting to the rim, kicking out, uh, and playing with great energy, you know. And he's not. it's not dictated by making shots and making uh, plays for himself. It's really dictated, dictated out, out of making plays for his teammates uh, and doing what he needs to to stay on the floor defensively. So I'm proud of his approach. I think he's – this is the best I've seen Miles mentally, physically, um, and he understands his role on this team. So I'm extremely proud of him. Thank you. We'll go to Rod Boone. Hey, JB, Rod Boone here. Uh, you guys had 33 assists tonight, I think 37 baskets overall. Just ball movement-wise, what did you see from the guys, and is that kind of what you want to see, I guess, uh, every game? This is who we are, and it has to be. And I love playing against Toronto because they're a very good defense. They're physical. They're in the paint. They force you to kick out. I couldn't ask for a better team to tune us up for the season than Toronto. And they're, they're a fantastic defense. They scramble, they make you play, play, uh, you know, with the pass and uh, make you swing it. But in general, we're a team that is committed to playing with the pass. You saw that last year, second league in passes, fourth in assists. I expect that to get better. And I think tonight's a great example of that uh, first half, uh, 19 assists on 21, field goals made. I thought we carried that over into the third quarter. There's an unselfish mentality here. Um, We've got to clean up the turnover game, but I love what I see with the ball movement and decision-making right now. Mike Sparte. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Coach, I know that the sample size is small. You're just two games in, but what are you learning about your guys? And uh, I mean, the fight at the end there in the fourth quarter when you guys shoot into that lead and got it down to Basically, a, a one almost a one possession game. I mean, what are you learning about your guys so far? Yeah, they're they're a competitive group, a feisty group, a together group. Um, they're absorbing quite a bit right now, and we've thrown a lot at them conceptually on both ends of the floor, and they've been able to handle it. So, uh, I think the thing that stood out to me tonight is this is a high basketball IQ team. Now we got to be smarter at times. Obviously, with the turnover game, we've got to clean that up. Obviously, in two games, that's been an issue for us. But in general, this team has shown me a a higher basketball IQ than I expected, a team that's together and a team that wants to fight for each other. So um, I'll continue to watch them, evaluate them, and 
I feel like we're in a good place right now, but we got to get a lot better. I, I understand that. But uh, tonight was a good step in the right direction. And following that up, the, the challenge of the shortened preseason, I mean, it's, it's half the games that you would normally play. So there really isn't a whole lot of time for not figuring it out. No, and we're going to look. We're going to learn on the fly. We're going to be in the regular season and the first 10 games of the season. We're, we're going to learn a lot about ourselves. This isn't something we're going to figure out in four preseason games. It's just not going to happen. You know, if, if we get to the all-star break and I know a lot more by then, that's a that's a good thing. But we're going to learn each other on the fly and that's OK. Every team's going through it. We don't have the luxury of, you know, some other teams that have been together for an extended period. But that's OK. I, I like the additions that we brought in. I think they're going to they're getting up to speed on what we need, what we want. These guys have absorbed, like I said earlier, a lot of what, you know, I've asked them is is high level. And so far, they've executed it. Uh, extremely well. So um, I will continue to install this week. We're going to install a lot more uh, beginning on Wednesday. Tomorrow's an off day and we'll come in on Wednesday. We're going to install more stuff defensively, offensively. Um, But I like what I've seen conceptually. So what you've seen tonight, the last two nights, it's just more, we're just playing out of concepts right now, Uh, driving, kicking it, moving it, spacing. Uh, We'll continue to add sets, you know, over the next few days. Thank you, Uh, Did you call on me, Mike? I didn't hear the yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Uh, JB. Your thoughts on how Lamelo played tonight, please? Yeah, I thought he had a really good first half. Um, He's learning this game. Uh, He's learning his teammates, and you know, uh, I thought he had a really good first half. Uh, He brought us some energy. You know, obviously, he can lead the break. He's got great vision. Um, you know, second half, I'm going I'm to have to watch the film and, and take a look. Um, you know, look at his shot selection there in the second half. But I think in general, he's a kid that uh, absorbs. He's learning. He's talking in timeouts. Those are things I can handle. There's going to be mistakes for any rookie. Um, and it's not just the rookies that are making mistakes. Every, everybody is. But this kid wants to learn. He wants to get better. Um, I see a lot of growth out of there, and, and tomorrow's another step in the right direction. We'll watch film together. We'll learn. We'll grow. Go to Danny. Coach, um, you talked about your newness to the team. Tonight, all five starters were plus tonight on the plus minus. Talk about how happy you are, what your thoughts are on our two games in, new starting five, and everybody's plus. I felt better tonight. I, I felt better tonight. The starting group came out with more urgency, which is what we need on both ends of the floor. Played with great pace, but more than anything, defensively, I was proud of that group. Uh, I think that plus minus is more about the defense than the offense. You know, I'll, I'll watch the film and I may have a different um, evaluation after I watch the film, but I thought their presence defensively, I'm going to give credit to Terry Rozier. I thought Cody was aggressive defensively. PJ was up into the ball. Um, Gordon gives us IQ and presence out there with size. We were challenging everything. We were moving. I was very pleased with the way the first unit defended tonight. So uh, to me, that their plus minus is defined by that. Richie. Hey, Coach, this is Richie of the Busby Podcast. Uh, it feels like Zeller has been more aggressive this season uh, with the ball in his hands, attacking the paint, uh, coming off those fake DHOs and stuff like that. Is that something that you've had a conversation with him about? And also, what does that do for your team when he goes more north-south versus east-west? 
We're playing a lot through the big. And, you know, over the years, the last two years, we've been a very high pick and roll team. You know, we're, we're, we're a high volume pick and roll team. But Zeller and our other bigs, you know, PJ and, you know, I'll, I'll give I'll put Biz in there as well. Putting the ball in their hands, spreading the floor, letting them make plays from the top of the key uh, for dribble handoff, split action, as you saw tonight. Those are things that we like to open up the floor with. And if they're going to pressure our bigs at the top, and I think Cody's one of those guys, he can just catch and rip it. Don't worry about what's going on around you. If bigs are going to pressure you, he has the ability and he has the green light to just drive it and make plays. And you saw that a little bit last year. We did a little bit with him last year, you know, in the high post, top of the key area. Uh, He's very comfortable there on making plays. Um, Did you have another question on – just did you have conversations with him about that or, or is that just something that he took on on his own? Oh, absolutely. With all our bigs and, and Cody really focused on it this summer, obviously shooting the ball, but making plays off the bounce. And I think you've seen that from Cody making decisions off the bounce, Miles making decisions off the bounce, Jalen making decisions off the bounce and PJ as well. You know, those are all bigs or wings that can make plays off the bounce, but I'm extremely proud of Miles. I'll put Miles in there as well. What he's doing for us right now off the bounce is, is impressive. I think that's real growth for him. And I, you know, like, as you said, you're seeing it a lot with Zeller because he has the ball in his hands against the fives a lot, but I think Miles is in that category as far as making plays and decisions. Thank you. We'll take from Christian and wrap it up. AJB hey, between the uh, start of camp and up to now, has there been a pleasant surprise for you so far from anyone? Or is everything just kind of up to snuff with you so far? It, it, to me, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with this team. I love this team. Uh, just the way they approach every day, their spirit, their energy, their IQ, the versatility and the length. To me, that's exciting.